0: Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains,
1: we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D.
2: Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com.
0: Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hey, this is Adventure Lounge. My name's Jagger.
2: And I'm Zach. And
0: we're on Real Nerds. Come check out the awesome crossover episode.
3: the luck of the irish it's a real nerds podcast saint patrick's day special Woo-hoo! Is
1: there's mario
2: or yeah, a leprechaun did you mix your Both. italian and irish stereotypes together <laughs> isn't 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 the
0: uh leprechaun in south park isn't he talk like that like really diminutive i can't remember uh, is there a leprechaun in south park or are you yeah thinking of the simpsons no no the leprechaun in the south park is uh in Imagination Land.
2: Oh, yeah. He's like, I got to warn ya, The terrorists have already won.
0: Oh, maybe it is the leprechaun from The Simpsons where he, uh, Homer picks him up and he's trying to punch him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I think when you said Simpsons, I thought you were going to the one that told Ralph to burn things. Like, hi, laddie. You've done grand. And now you know what you have to do. Burn the house stone. Burn it all.
0: <laughs> it is St. Patrick's Day, and we are recording a brand new podcast for you. We are The Real Nerds. I'm Ryan. Brad. Zach. And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie, and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, Bomb Cyclone hit Colorado, and there was not really a movie we wanted to see, so we streamed Triple Frontier, which is now on Netflix. And we will tell you if you would see the movie after we play the trailer that I've never seen.
2: A- Apologies for being ignorant, but is everybody calling it Bomb Cyclone, or did you choose to call it Bomb Cyclone? No, that's cyclone. what it's called. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, no.
4: but it lasted for a day.
0: Yeah, you know you should be as a cop in that. <laughs>
4: I don't
2: want to even imagine it. It was awful. Hmm. Did you like how? Like how? Did you did, you did not have the luck of the Irish. There was lots of crashes all over <laughs> town. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, did you have to work overtime for it that
4: day? I did work overtime or? that oh, day.
2: Shit.
4: Yeah, yeah, just, just towing cars constantly. Uh,
0: for the first half, and then I. So there is this one person who went the wrong way on a one way. And so I stopped him because so I 70 was closed for like eight hours.
4: They threw those gates down.
0: Yep. yep. And so people had to go through Idaho Springs. And luckily I was not the chief asked me if I wanted to be on the road closure or if I wanted to field calls. Well, the roads were like I 70 is closed. So I'm like, I'll do calls because it's more fun than sitting in your car. Um, so this one guy went the wrong way in a one way. I'm like, I'll just stop him and give him more. warning be like, hey, you can't do that. And so I stop him and he's already acting kind of weird. So I go and contact him, and he tells me he doesn't have an ID on him, but his name's blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, whatever. So I go back, and when they tell me it's clear not on file, that means that this is not the person who's telling me this, or they gave me the wrong information. So I recontact him, and he says, oh, I accidentally gave you my wife's birth date. My actual birth date is blah, 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 blah. I said, okay. So I go back, and I get it, and it's this license is out of Maine, and this license comes back suspended. So I say, okay, well not anymore. So I'm going to write him for a suspended license and driving the wrong way in a one way. And then I look up um, from my patrol car and I look in his car and he's acting really weird. Like he, he's like putting his hands in his head and he starts, he's like shaking. And so I go recontact him again. And I said, what's going on? And he says, can I be honest with you? I said, you weren't before. <laughs> and he said, no. I said, yeah, I figured I, I know when people are lying to me, I, I do this for a living. Blah, blah. blah. He said, that's not my name either. I said, okay, I need you to step out of the vehicle. And he said, why? And I said, because you just admitted to me that you lied to me about your identity. So we're going to be taking a ride to Clear Creek County Jails, and we're going to fingerprint you and figure out who you are. But I can tell you who I am. Mm, Too late. So I took him to Clear Creek, and uh, it's under a thing called um, criminal impersonation. Criminal impersonation is you assume the identity of somebody else to get out of being in trouble Um, purposefully. So I read him his rights. And I asked him if he purposely misled me by giving me a um, someone who wasn't him. And he said, yes, that is a felony in the state of Colorado. So I'm done with booking him. And um, he said, I did something really stupid. And I said, you did. And I asked him, I said, well, why did you lie to me? I said, you know, if you have a suspended license and you drove the wrong way in a one way, your car's insured, it's registered. I'm going to give you a summons to court. And he told me it's because he wanted to stay off the grid. No criminal history, nothing so you're now permanently on the grid because even let's say, um, for some reason he doesn't get convicted of the felony cause he'll go and plead it down, whatever. I don't care. Um, anytime you get fingerprinted, you've just been arrested. So yeah. don't lie to me is the moral of the story. Okay. And so I end up being really busy that day. And when I came back, there's more accidents and, um, yeah, and I don't understand why people go out and stuff like that cuz I heard it was really bad down here.
2: It well, we so I I got out to my work area cuz I thought we were going to stay open. Um the gym that I go to is right next to it. So I went to the gym and they were already talking about closing it like after at noon. So I went and did a forty minute workout. I walk out and all the employees of the gym were gathered at the desk, like a little hovel like they were all like like scuttling to that desk trying to hope to God that they were gonna close. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I should probably leave right now. My workout isn't that important than their safety. So I get out there to just not be part of the problem. I head over to work. I'm still wearing my work shorts, by the way. My workout shorts. So I'm like in these like flannel shorts. I get to You work our- out in flannel? Not fla- not flannel. Um what what's that? What's that like It's like airy material. I don't fucking – I don't know clothing, guys. Gym shorts. Yeah, anyway, so I'm in gym shorts and walking to my work, and the gate where we have our donations area where it's open and closed is closed. That thing's never fucking closed. So I'm like, okay, something's wrong. So I go up to the front, and they're like, why did you come to work? Like, because I was told yesterday that we were going to come in here come hell or high water. And they were like, yeah, well, we're not going to. And I'm like, oh, great. So I don't drive, so I had to wait until I found somebody at work to give me a ride home.
0: (laughs) So, And then I bet you had some person, hey,
3: I'm trying to drop off my donation. Hey, I really (sighs) want to get rid of this pea-stained couch. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there's peanut butter in between the cushions.
2: I did something to it. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, take my peanut butter-laden couch. I remember
0: when I I was in the restaurant industry when things shut down. People were like, you know what? I could really go for a Qdoba burrito right now. Mm -hmm. I'm so busy. People are so Silly.
2: But anyway, so got went home. My folks got home after my dad picked up my mom from she works near the airport. They got back and she's like, We're gonna go to the grocery store. I'm like, I'm okay, should I call ahead to make sure they're still friggin' open? He's like, Yeah, sure. So I called King Supers and they're like, Yeah, we're still open, but things are kinda shut down. We can't sell everything. I'm like, Okay, whatever. So we go to King Supers and he wasn't joking stuff was cordoned it off. There was caution tape all over every fresh area and aisle because their freezers had shut down. Yeah. The fridges had shut down and the lights above were flickering like in the beginning of a horror movie. <laughs> so so it's I missed, dude, I took fucking photos and video of it. Like cinematically, like I was doing like panning shots of the lights flickering <laughs> and stuff. And these like employees are looking at me and I'm just like, uh, blizzard look. <laughs> um, but then I was like, my dad was trying to find something else. So I was like, well, let's just see if Safeway's open. So I called Safeway they're open we go over there everything's fine so it was literally just a matter of over in one area one power grid got knocked out oh, so you guys are on. the
0: problem too why are you getting it why why'd you need to go to the grocery store
1: uh
2: my dad wanted food oh, you guys are crazy I know my dad wanted and food and then I have to
0: go deal with people that slide off the road and hit light poles and
2: try telling that to my dad he was just like nah nah the weather will be fine I'm <laughs> like and then it starts happening I'm like this is fine and he's like it'll, it'll pass <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: then you get out and you look like um Jack Nicholson in <laughs> The Shining. I would have gone out, Danny. but the movie theaters were closed, so <laughs>
4: took away my incentive
0: to leave. So do you just work from home when it's like that? Or do you always work from home? Uh, yeah,
2: I work from home. Yeah, you're lucky. But yeah, no. yeah. My car is my office. <laughs> but that was the only- my
4: circulation is not help by sitting down for like eight hours straight.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, no, definitely get up and walk. Yeah. And Sorry. you also want to take a break. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's probably good that we did go get get it when we did though, because there was a lot of food at King Super's that looked like it was going to be like out of commission oh, for yeah. a week because they're going to have to restock it. Oh yeah, that so. sucks. I understand now why there's a run on the grocery stores. my life.
0: My dad was
4: at Costco yesterday. He said like the line was out outside the. Was it really? Yeah, okay. I, I, presumably because everyone was so the bomb cyclone, they just wanted to get <laughs> caught up.
2: The one thing that I regretted was not once on a car radio did I hear it's the end of the world as we know it, mm-hmm. and that like, that really made me sad because yeah. it would have been appropriate.
0: Maybe one day.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway. You know, we did get, um, Corinne did send in an email. This is catching, up, catching the Classics with Corinne, I believe, part 14? 15. 15? Part 15. And, yep, here it is. Take it away, Corinne.
5: Hey nerds, Corinne here for part 15 of Catching the Classics, where I r- watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before and send in my reviews. This week, 16 Candles. So, first of all, I want to say that the only reason I watched this movie was because I saw the Screen Junkies movie fights over um, the worst rom coms of all time, and one of the people was trying to make the case. That this was the worst rom-com of all time, and I was like, I've never seen it, and I know it's like supposed to be this cult classic or whatever. And he said something about like, oh, it's on Netflix, and I'm like, sweet, I'm gonna check it out. And he, the guy in the uh, movie fight, had accused the movie of being um, misogynistic or sexist, um, portraying like date rape and sexual assault in a very casual and. Um, not at all healthy way, and being homophobic and racist, and I have to say that I agree with with most of that. I guess I didn't really get the homophobic. Um, I know that like a couple of characters throw around the word fag and faggot, and yes, that's not good. They also throw around the word retarded, I think, a couple of times. So it is definitely not PC by modern standards, and... I mean, I guess I can't really defend it on that account, but I will say that that's definitely not the worst thing that you can say about this movie is that they say the word fag or faggot. Um yeah, the uh the whole thing about um Molly Ringwald's character liking this guy who I understand that he doesn't really care for his current girlfriend and I you know, I kind of got that part, but when he trades her to the nerd for Molly's character's underwear, and he basically tells the nerd, like, you can do whatever you want to her. Like, she's totally knocked out. It's it's fine. Like, just bring the car back in a, in fine condition. Like, he's more worried about the car coming back, okay, than he is about his girlfriend. And, or ex-girlfriend, I guess, at this point. But it's, it's definitely not good. Um, I forget the character's name, but whoever the, like, the guy is that Molly's character has a crush on, um, he comes off as, like, really, um, kind of creepy. Like, he calls this girl, or tries to call this girl that he doesn't really know. He's never really had a lot of interaction with her. Like, he almost comes off as a little, a little bit as a stalker. And, um, yeah, that's, that's not good. Um... What else can I say? Um it I will like, of course I went into it thinking like, oh, you know, it's got this horrible reputation of, you know, not aging well and while that turned out to be true initially, it, it turned it was starting off pretty well. Um I liked the kind of opening sequence of Molly at her house and um trying to hint to her family like it was her birthday and her I remember her dad and her brother were very funny and said some really funny stuff. And there are a couple of good, um, little sequences there of, like, her grandparents being weird, and, like, she thinks, like, they remember, and then they actually don't remember it's her birthday, um, and I do like the, the scene where the boyfriend guy is calling the, he's trying to call Molly's character, but the grandparents keep answering, and, yeah, there are some funny parts to it, and, I mean, it looks pretty good for the, for how old it is, um, but yeah, it has not aged well in terms of its content and its plot, and by the end, whenever the wedding was happening, like, you know, the sister was getting married, and she had, like, taken four Tylenol or muscle relaxers, I'm like, who does that? I know she's supposed to be this bridezilla person, but I think anybody who's had, you know, cramps or anything like that will tell you, like, two is plenty. Two will get the job done. Like, I promise you do not need to take four. And then she's all, like, loopy and acting weird during the wedding and, like, falling over and trying to go to sleep and everything. And I was like, I'm sure the wedding guests think that she's just drunk, right? Like this cannot look good. Can can they legally force her to to do the wedding? Like I know she wants to get married, but if people think she's drunk and if she's acting like she's drunk or loopy or whatever, can they legally go through with the ceremony? I don't know, it just doesn't seem right. Even though that was the initial plan and I know she wanted to get married to that guy, but it just why not just wave off the wedding for a couple of hours. You know, the dad could go in and be like, hey, everybody, sorry, uh, our daughter isn't feeling well. She took a few too many muscle relaxers. So we're going to postpone this for a couple of hours. Everybody go hit the restaurants or the bars on me. Meet back here at four o'clock or whatever. I don't know. But I like that had to be so embarrassing for her. And I know she was still loopy. But whenever she comes down from her loopiness, I'm sure she's like, Really? You made me go through with that as I was. Why not just <sighs> I would be bad. So, anyway, um uh, I-, I feel like I I, I didn't have fun watching it, although that was more from like a wow, I'm I'm getting to see like how bad this movie really is in that kind of a way. Like, not bad as in it's poorly made, but bad as in it does not age well. Um, although there, the scene where Molly's, like, sleeping on the couch and she's in this kind of skimpy pajamas and then, like, she comes upstairs later and she's kind of holding the blanket around her. I'm like, can we get this girl some some real pajamas? Why does she have to be, like, partly naked for this part of the movie? I mean, I don't... I know my little sister always runs around in skimpy clothes when she's at home, but... That's not when we, like, have guests in the house. Get this girl some un- some actual pajamas if she's going to be sleeping out in the middle of the living room where everybody could just walk in and see her. So, sorry, that was a little little detail that bugged me, and I think it's just symptomatic of a lot of the things that you see in this movie of not treating women, or at least the female characters, with proper dignity, I suppose. So, um, keeping all that in mind, I guess I have to give 16 Candles 2 stars out of 5? Like, maybe I'd give it 2.5 stars because I would much rather watch this again, as problematic as it is, than watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So, 2 or 2.5 stars out of 5. So, Yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry that John Hughes doesn't make movies that age better. But, uh, yeah, if you disagree with me, go watch 16 candles and, and see for yourself. So talk to you all next time. Bye.
0: Ah, uh, so 16 candles, uh, not my favorite John Hughes film. It's one of those ones that I watch. like, okay, it exists. I've never seen it. So yeah, it exists.
2: I, 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 I only seen it twice in my lifetime and it's not one I eagerly revisit. Um, I, I I totally see what like I mean like the slurs the, the, uh, I can get past I I get past that stuff
0: but, you know, but I mean I don't use those words anymore but
2: yeah it's it's rough to hear them like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure has one instance of it and I'm like ah it's the one weird part in another you know, one I'm on,
0: in your letterbox le- top films Bill and Ted is not in it um, you have um, a different movie from 1989
2: I'm in still your top curating 10. my top 50 oh, okay. well, I'm just
0: saying you're just trying to sweep people's legs like I'm starting to see how you play your game on film explosions. I'm also
2: not eager on Letterboxd to keep sharing stuff, because the last time I shared my love of movies, I, I got really, like, I got people on the internet very pissed off, so I've just well, decided when to it, stop when it.
0: it. Okay, explain this now. now. Now I'm more interested in this than um, when I used revisiting to do, when Sixteen Candles. I, well, Brad's seen this before. When not, I, not your review of it, Corinne. Your review is great. I just, um, it's, I'll end it with Sixteen Candles is okay. I'd rather watch um, Weird Science.
2: Anyways. <laughs> um, when, I was, when I used to do Facebook reviews, like just indiv- individual reviews of the films that mm-hmm. I liked I had a lot of people getting angry at me for liking a movie or not liking so, a movie as much as they did so
0: what movie made you swear off like not sharing your reviews anymore. I think it was
2: my review of Deadpool because I said, okay, this is a fine movie, but it's not the end all be all of a R rated comedies or B R rated superhero comedies. And because I didn't like it enough for people, but then I, but so, somebody, somebody specifically said you let, li- you didn't like this as much as you liked hail Caesar. And I'm like, yeah, cause hail Caesar was more catered to my taste. That's probably why I liked it more.
0: And, so that just made see that would just fuel my fire. See, I'd, I'd be all like, and you know what? And I'd write a whole dissertation on Hell Caesar. No, because at the end, because I realized it's
2: better to just keep these opinions to myself or to the podcast because I just I have no desire to get into a Facebook fight with somebody at this yeah, point. Like, just ignore them.
4: like yeah. me. You just delete your Facebook.
2: That is true. But
0: or or what I do is sometimes I'll share stuff politically and then I don't say anything. So other people just go crazy. It's <laughs> well, so awesome. I've
2: I well, especially since I've like. Now quit, but like, like trying to get off drinking, and then now I've gotten off drinking. I've really tried to like limit my social media and what I use of it and how I express things. I just, because- I just
0: put um, Ocasio Cortez like there, just like a picture of her, and see what happens. <laughs> right when people are like, hey,
3: fuck you, man, fuck her. You know what? She doesn't know what she's talking about. Socialism, pieces of shit. Fuck you.
0: And she doesn't even do anything. No, she's all she's doing. I is- want her to be president so bad, just so I can see rednecks
2: go, hey,
3: fuck you, man. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that, this is, that's, that's the kind of thing where I'm just like, life's too short for it. And I do like scrolling through Facebook <laughs> for like news articles it and is. stuff. It so is. Sh-
0: so you just need to be an ass like me, Zach, and just call people out on their bullshit. It's way more fun. I want to control you, Zach. There are
2: yeah. people a lot more braver than I am. I'm brave in different ways. You man. know what? And you know what? Your opinion
0: matters. I'm just being an asshole and saying that you said Bill and Ted, your favorite movie from 1989, but your your posts seem to indicate it's do the right thing. So why aren't you doing the right thing and going with your heart? Uh, you know, it will never replace my favorite movie. Anything of all time, hmm. it'd have to be a movie so amazing that it'd have to take the place of Army of Darkness. Oh, a
4: <laughs> that movie would have to go back in time and change Ryan's life exactly, and affect and, it. And, and, and here's the thing: forward,
0: uh, I love Spider-Man more than anything, and it will never take Army of Darkness as the best movie I've, of all time.
2: I will tell you right now: like, I have many favorite films because I love film in general, and like, love it and so that, much. Just like, fucking
3: own it. You Don't to, let people control you.
2: You have to understand this about me, like film is my life. It's nothing else consumes it other than perhaps what I do at work for a nine to five job. Everything else is like I come home, I watch films. The only other thing that I can think of in this instance is if I have to help out with a nephew. And that's not a predominant amount of my time because my mom, my sister's not down here. constantly. So like I have a hard time narrowing down stuff. Except for my top three, which are Jackie Brown, Casablanca, Zodiac. Those are the ones that I stick to
1: firmly.
0: Because, you know, I like mine, I, actually I redid my Robert Downey Jr. list. Mm-hmm. Um, For a while, I had um, the last party number three, Mm -hmm. but through rewatching like Zodiac and stuff, I moved stuff around.
2: You did, yeah. See how uh,
0: it's a ever flowing thing.
2: It is like, well, I I had Radio Days in my top ten, and then I suddenly like came to terms with the fact that Woody Allen shouldn't be deified, so I took that off my list. (laughs) But
0: I'd also say that um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a more fun movie than Do the Right Thing, so. I would just keep that as Bill and Ted's excellent <laughs> do the right thing. Not my own prejudice against Stan Lee. Uh,
4: Stan Lee's
2: Spike Lee. Oh, my God. Stan Lee's do the right thing. <laughs> Excelsior.
4: You can make an argument that's been his whole life is telling people to do the right thing. Oh,
2: I love it. I would love a scene where Iron Man gets angry at Captain America for scruffing his shoe and then uh-huh. asking Captain America why he lives in a brownstone in his neighborhood.
4: How come there's only <laughs> Avengers on this wall? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, uh, Tony's just like you. If, if, if you have your own place, you can put whoever else you want on the wall.
0: <laughs> so, so Zach, just own your opinions. Don't let anybody sway you. Don't let some asshole like me come in and tell you that. No, no one sways
2: me on on that jack shit, man. I'm, but you know what? I will say it's not swaying. It's like I'm open to reinterpreting and rediscovering things. We will be talking about one of those things in my what we've been watching.
0: So, Corinne, thanks for saying that. In you know, I've never been a big fan of Sixteen Candles, and it's uh, it is considered a classic. Of 80s, like, teen comedies.
2: But she brought up that interv- that article, though, which makes me wonder, like, do current teenagers find it as great don't as know. the I That's last... a good
0: question. I think a better example would be Breakfast Club, but even Breakfast Club is... I've heard arguments okay. why
2: the Breakfast Club is not as great as it used to be. No, and, I, I, and I understand where they're coming from, but I'm not... Like I said,
0: uh, I'll take Weird Science and Uncle Buck any day. <laughs> so, and um, Weird Science is... Weird.
2: And also, I will, I will say the long dong duck character in Sixteen Candles does not help any argument yeah, <laughs> whatsoever. <you> know, also, <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: Breakfast at Tiffany's has a really. really... Oh yeah,
2: th- those are the two probably, but like the, of of the most egregious ones in cinematic <laughs> history that we think about. But today. Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, but Mickey Rooney doing that thing he did. Yep. Not that thing you do, but that thing you <laughs> yes, did.
1: I love that thing you do. ping ping before
4: ping
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes Um, hey big movie news this week unspool the real news
1: it's real news
0: it's okay hey do you know someone's back in charge of the Guardians of the Galaxy riding
3: the ship
2: Uh, okay thank you for leading that into it Um, yeah James Gunn got rehired for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 um the, All uh, is right with the
4: world. Yep.
2: <laughs> and there were never any arguments on the internet again. The end.
0: Well it's As the, you wish, young man. <laughs> I mean the ironic part is is it, James Gunn comes up from trauma, Slither. Oh God, super. I
2: have a comment on that. Keep and
0: going. so he, Come on. Man. I I don't even remember his joke was his joke really that bad I can't remember it.
2: They were just bad jokes that he wrote, and he acknowledged that they were bad jokes. I'm oh, sorry, he acknowledged that they were bad jokes. So first fucking podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, yeah, whatever. It's I think they did the right thing by um, bringing him back because his voice is so unique for that style of film for the Guardians.
4: I think it's probably needed. It's interesting to see how he balances uh, Suicide Squad and that, because, like, of course he's going to finish Suicide Squad first, but still creatively he's got to be, you know, the script for Guardians 3 is done, but, you know, as an artist you're constantly, like, revising that, so. You're working
2: the wheels and trying different things. Yeah, Is he
4: going to expend all of his current creative energy on Suicide Squad and then have, you know. I don't know, that's a
0: good question, because he's the first one who's done this, who's doing a DC movie, then a Marvel movie. Um I mean, Joss Whedon helped on Justice League, but that was, you know, a year after he was done with Avengers.
4: So yeah. I don't know. He probably didn't shoot that much. He... Yeah. More. I mean, I think more just cleaning it, it up and yeah. stuff, but
0: it, it'd be fascinating.
2: Um, Yeah. And I mean, did you, re- you read a statement, right? Yeah. Like, where you like, think he's coming good. back? Like, the whole thing that, like, made me feel bad about him being fired was, like, hearing how he. He acknowledged these in interviews. Number one, but number two, he was like, "I've grown and learned as a person," which is like it's mean a lot to me lately of going like, "Yeah, I'm trying to do the same thing." So like, I I, I understand where he's coming from in that respect. But he like gracefully acknowledged why they had to do yeah, it. Yeah, and I think
0: it, I think as a person, you know, you do and a joke. It's tough. It's tough, tough because you. Where do you? I mean, where do you draw the line on a joke? It, it, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer for that. I don't think inappropriate comments are always appropriate, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's. I, I, I think, I, I think if you tweet something, I don't think it's the most egregious thing you can do unless it's, super racist or, you know, vilifies a certain person. If you're just saying a joke, I don't know. It, it's
4: tough for me because
2: mm-hmm.
4: where I, where do you draw the line? Um,
2: right, and uh, like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
4: I don't think anyone should take. Uh, if if you're in the entertainment industry, you, people should know that. Like, okay, I agree. maybe my tweets are, or person's tweets are also them trying material out. Yeah. And yeah, okay, it's bad taste, but like, if you've ever been to like a local comedy open mic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like people just, especially have horrible material,
0: especially unrefined comedians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the open mic where they're testing stuff out.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I... And the difference, like for him. Like a lot of times when this happens, the like the really controversial people who do like deserve to be vilified, it's because they live their life by that statement. Agreed. Um Whereas and Gun- they don't own up to it. They yeah, they, they make ex- uh, excuses for well it. Said. Well Whereas said. James Gum uh James Gunn <laughs> not sans the lambs. Uh, James Gunn <laughs> Oh Gun, wait, was it a
2: great big fat guardian?
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You I know, said like, you know, yeah, I re I regret doing that and, you know, I'm you know, I'm not that person anymore. Whereas a lot of yeah. people who do that are like, yeah, that's what I believe. And I'm sticking by it. And Agreed. That's right. the wrong. Right. And
2: his statement further exemplified the fact that he is continually, continually learning and trying to grow as a person. So like, it's not even like, yeah, it's just, not even if even as if though this solved well, everything in his life, like he's still going to have to keep learning but, things as we all do as human. beings. The
0: ironic part of being a artist and a filmmaker is you can actually see him grow mm-hmm. before your eyes. If you watch his early stuff to where he is now, even something like slither, which is a fun movie, but if you're telling me that the dude who did Slither can pull off Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, ten years ago, I'd say no.
2: I'd say that you can even attest that to Super, which is a very angry superhero movie, yeah. and then you see Guardians, and it's like very decidedly not angry. Obviously, because Marvel's involved, but also because of what he decides to put. But yeah, in.
0: his sensibilities too. And you then, then you or can, watch yeah.
4: his Stephen Hawking impression in, in Toxic Avenger Four. Yeah, yeah, even more offensive.
2: Right. Speaking of his early work, though, Lloyd Kaufman had a comment about this whole situation because he's Lloyd Kaufman and he has opinions. Um, He uh, uh, underlined a picture of an article that said, poor judgment displayed at time when he was emerging from the Troma Film Factory. Lloyd Kaufman said, I was the very first to stand up for James Gunn, who is a brilliant, generous saint. But now, of course, it's all at Troma Team's fault. Suggest Deadline, the running dog of the elites. Fuck you, Deadloon. Mm-hmm. See, Deadline is the name of the... Yes. Yeah, and Dead Loon is... You get it? Yeah. It's great. Ah, oh, Lloyd, you're amazing. Anyway. Yep. What else we got?
5: <laughs> Welcome and, back, and, James.
2: In other news, Toxic Avenger 7 is currently <laughs> in development. <laughs> um... But no um we also actually i'm gonna continue the marvel news a bit um we're getting a funko pop of one of the greatest characters to emerge from the mcu in the past uh two years uh goose the cat is getting mm-hmm. his own funko and i'm excited for it um it's pretty awesome um so yeah uh, he's a flerkin he's a flirt he's a cat he, yeah it's gonna be great it's, What's it's 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 amateur gonna be hour much. um uh Jane Saw Bob reboot. We haven't really talked about it, but it's almost done filming. Yeah, but um, they confirmed something that I thought was fun. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth's coming back as Justice, which I'm glad because I felt like if they were gonna ever tread into that territory again, they should bring her back because I love her in Jane Saw Bob Strike Back. Um, Did you see,
3: the, see you later, dirty sheep fucker. <laughs> <laughs>
4: they recreated the Quick Stop.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and Brian O'Halloran's in it. Yeah. So I guess it's Randall's day off. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's funny, yeah. <laughs> but still, it's like part of me wonders, like, superstitiously, is the soul of the movie like being able to use the actual quick stop in the movie? Mm. Ooh, so like,
3: good omen there. Uh, you know,
4: I, I'm. I still like Kevin Smith a lot, so I'll be interested to see what
0: he has to say after yeah. his health scare. And you know, um, we'll see. You've
2: been working on this prior to the to yeah. the, the heart attack. Yeah, but but, I, I mean, obviously rewrites. Um, I, I mean, I'm. It's going to sound so, like, old-manish to me, but, like, I'm, like, not as interested as I probably would have been, say, five years ago. <laughs> so I'm going to still watch
0: it, but, I mean... I'm excited for him to be Kevin Smith again. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I like Tusk a lot, and um, I, I think Yoga Hosers gets a bad rap. I don't think it's that horrible.
2: It's very but, in keeping with what he's done in the past. Yeah, so. but I,
0: I'd much rather see him be silly um, but we, have something to say, Kevin Smith. Yeah, I yeah. just
4: hope this has something to say, which I feel like it... Because
0: you know, Clerks 2, I thought was amazing, and it has a dance number in it, and then it has the scene in the jail, which I think is some of the best stuff he's written. So yeah, exactly. hopefully, um, it keeps in line with that.
2: I'd even say Zach and Mary has has, a, has oh, yeah. fun, interesting things to say. Um, I think so too. Cop out said a lot of things. I don't know what they were saying, but well, that's he's not making his somebody else's. Yeah, movie. it's not his script, so. Um, have a black man coming on Black uh, Friday. We have a, we have a <laughs> we have a sad death to talk about. Uh, Richard Erdman passed away. Um, he was in some Twilight Zones. He was in Stalag Seventeen, but we would know him today as Leonard from Community. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he was known as on the show he was a hipster because he had a hip replacement. <laughs> Um, so yeah, nice he went through the studio system though. Like he worked early under Michael Curtiz though. And then mm. just kind of kept working journeyman actor. Uh, he was, he grew up in Colorado Springs before coming out to, uh, nice. LA. So, you know, nice. so yeah, nice. um, big bucket of win for that guy to take a Kevin Smith phrase out, of out, out for, for a walk. Um, he will be missed. Um, <laughs> this was uh, something that James, who was not on the show this week, uh, he sent this article to us, so I just wanted to repeat it for everyone. Uh Ryan Johnson's uh new film called Knives Out has a composer set for it and it's gonna be Nathan Johnson, who's worked with uh Ryan Johnson before because they're cousins. Um so yeah, we know who the composer for Ryan Johnson's newest outing is gonna be. Um I like the music in brick, so I actually like seeing um Nathan Johnson come back to do um some work for his cousin, so that'll be fun. Uh, the last thing that I have, uh, here is, uh, Marvel Studios, uh, is producing a What If TV series for the Disney, uh, plus streaming thing. Hmm. It's gonna be animated, um, but it's Down. basically all those What If issues that, that I like looking up on the internet going like, what if Rick James met the Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I
0: just read, What If Spider Man Married the Black
2: Cat? Ooh, hello. I still hope they do Rick James meets the Hulk somehow. Get Dave Chappelle to play Rick James. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, unless I missed anything, that's news. Big. Oh, sorry, Brad.
4: Um, I was going to say, I actually have a round town stuff. So Oh, wow. You have a round the town The only thing update? you
0: missed in news is May 6th at the Bug Theater, the Real Nerds podcast, we'll be doing our live 400th episode extravaganza. Free admission. Please come down and um, support and boo us. We will be there.
4: Tons of celebrity guests. To be a determined. <laughs> Asterix. <laughs> yes. um, if by Over celebrity, celebrity.
0: <laughs> you mean me and Brad and Zach and it'll, James. It'll
2: just be me with a mustache pretending to be Burt Reynolds. Love it. And you can all throw things at me.
4: Did you say admissions free? Yes. Concessions are not.
1: <laughs> but, but
0: here's the thing is um, your admissions free and the concessions help the bugs because a bug is basically the bug theater is allowing us to use their space. So make sure you buy a soda and support the bug. Do it for them. Do it for them. Don't do it for
2: us. And remember, our crew is replaceable, but your experience isn't. Oh, all right. Hey,
0: Brad, you said you have something to do around town? Fucking fire up that lawnmower
3: and let's get going. Wait, he's driving a lawnmower now? A John Deere one. Oh, okay. Riding my lawnmower around town with a country song playing. Too bad my dog came home too late. And now he's just begging for something to eat from the refrigerator. I hope it doesn't have mold. Oh, man, here's some tofu. It just is really old. I love how this turned into a story about Brad's dog, which (laughs) you don't have a dog,
2: do you?
4: (laughs) I don't. You forgot to talk about my truck and my cowboy hat, though.
3: And his truck is broken down. It's a metaphor for his relationship. (laughs) His wife is asleep and doesn't even know He's home trying to make it through the day married now? Every country song is a sad song about being married with a dog yeah. He forgot a lyric about beer And his dog is dying at the foot of his bed yeah. Too bad his wife doesn't even care I don't know you just explained it a full So he locker. went down to his fridge and pushed a tofu aside. He said, give me the IPA and don't get it in my eye. It's so bitter and full of flavor. I hope I don't dare. Like my dog at the foot of the bed. Goodbye, bunny. I'll see you sometime. I don't know. Go, Brad.
4: Of course, that's the only... <laughs> Here I drink, kind of IPA shit. India pale ale, more like Indian pale uh.
3: I'm sorry I messed up that part. The Coors Light gives him fuel. He dumped it in the gas tank of his broken down Chevrolet. And now he's going to school. His dog is happy because he got the Coors Light. He's no longer dying. He's riding in the shotgun. And he can't wait to come home. Pee on the fans, and say hi to his wife. It was just a dreamer. His life is so great and he can think <laughs> it all because he drank the Coors Light. The world's most refreshing beer.
2: You have to say it like Sam Elliott in that case. More, more, real, <laughs> world's most refreshing beer. Cool. <laughs> right, that made no Duke. sense at all.
4: Are, are we done? Yep. All right. Hey, Film Buddies, follow me around Denver. Hey, the drive-in's back. Oh, yeah, nice. that's right. April 8th, they are kicking off their season with Shazam. Ooh, nice. So, uh, I said April 5th? Or Eighth. 8th. Sorry, Eighth. April 5th. Oh, okay. Well, already you're lying to me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't know where that came from. Nah, it's all the 80th. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. okay, I'm a bigger one. So, check that out. And then um, it's their forty third season, forty three years. Nice. Um, it is nine dollars now. Oh, oh. So the price went up a dollar oh. for three movies.
0: I don't but, know if I can if make it there. Rocking now. like Shazam and stuff, I probably have to pay more money for the films.
2: yeah. Or um, the fact that you know it's a dying breed of chain of theaters and it needs to up its price like any normal business.
4: Um. What else? Then uh, the Emerging Filmmakers Project is this Thursday. Nice. Come so on, see some local check filmmakers. Um the women in film is accepting submissions through March twentieth. Nice. So submit at EFPdenver.com, I think. Okay. Um uh, for that. And uh we're doing the Nintendo quiz and we need three more players. Fuck Yeah, we are. <laughs> so we don't need three more players on we have, Wednesday. We have you and I. Oh, we played six people last time and
0: Yeah, but remember that one team that won had I don't
4: know, like thirty people on it? Uh, they can't win if they have more than six people. But
0: remember, they did have more than six people. I remember that very vividly. They're against the wall.
4: All right. Well, then they're, they're cheating. So, is not. there?
0: Is this place have good food?
4: I don't know. It's in Cherry Creek, so it probably sucks.
0: Because I have to leave my training and go straight there. But at least I don't have to worry about I'm gonna get stuck arresting somebody. So
4: it's the it's the Thirsty Lion Pub. So I don't even know where that's at. It's in Cherry Creek, so it's probably you know, uh, like Siri. Siri Insanely me. expensive, I bet.
0: Right now, Siri is Australian on my too. phone. Do you know you can change your nationality of your Siri. Mm-hmm. Mine's Australian right now.
2: Mine was British for a minute.
0: Mine was British for a while then I changed it up to Australian. There's also South African now and um and actually the the American one she changed her voice. It's no longer what the one you're used to. A little more friendly. Sounds a little younger.
2: <laughs> she does. Okay. <laughs> I right, we need to look up who's the voice of Siri throughout time. Like how does that mantle get hey, passed Siri?
0: Who's your voice? Who's your voice? Who is your voice? She's not even listening to me. She said she was listening to me. She's not listening to me. She's
4: really shy.
1: I guess I don't have one.
4: Ah,
0: Siri, the Real Nerds Podcast loves you. Nope, she's still thinking about I it.
1: Find Real Nerds Podcast loves you. <laughs>
2: No wonder no one can listen to our show. No. Well, she changed
0: it to the whole thing. I couldn't find Real Nerds Podcast. Love you and your music, Ryan.
4: Siri, what do you think of old Siri? It's your opinion that counts. She's so nice. She's boring now. (laughs) Can we get these two to talk to each other? I wonder if Siri can do this. Do we even need Zach?
0: (laughs) Hey, Siri. Can you tell me what Blu-ray releases are happening on March 18th of 2019?
3: I found this on the web for tell me what Blu-ray releases are happening on March 18th of 2019. DVD releases and
2: Blu-rays. All right, what's happening on blu rays Zach? All right. Um, your one of your favorite films of the year, Spider-Man: Into the Spider-Verse, is getting uh, a release all across my, the board. My favorite film of the year.
0: Um, oh, oh, should be everybody's favorite film of the year.
2: Oh, well, it's a great film that I enjoyed watching with you. Not in your top ten? Nope, wasn't. Uh, it's in my top 20, though.
0: But an Orson Welles fucking shit documentary is.
2: Documentary that somehow might be able to redeem a treasured filmmaker from the past? Yeah, I was definitely going to make my list somehow. Um, <laughs> but anyway.
4: Um, no 4K steelbook for it, though. No, there's no. Cause it lame.
2: Oh, wait. There's, I, there's
0: I a thought Blu-ray. that's I had one.
4: This, this one looks this like it Blu-ray.
0: is. It's just Blu-ray? Yeah. Can oh, you just imagine 4K? that?
4: Fuck. I, I know, right? I'm, I'm, cause they did, Can you? Imagine the Isle that? of Dogs steelbook, even though it's still Blu-ray, came out like four months after the release date. So Weird. I wonder if it's like, because in England, they have one. Mm. Mm. Um, so I don't know if it's uh, like HMV has to like. It
0: pumps ex- me out a little bit, but the standard 4K has Emily Blunt's just face on it, and I'm down.
4: Wait, are they we were talking about. Spider-Man.
0: Oh, Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, I thought you were talking about Mary Poppins. No, not yet, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we can
2: talk about Mary Poppins because it is getting a 4K Blu-ray and there's a Steelbook release of it oh, as well okay. uh, that you can pick up. Um, yeah, um, Steelbook looks cool. Um excited for it. Yeah,
0: it's like the original poster without all the
4: words on it. And I think they're also yeah. doing the original Mary Poppins as a Steelbook at the same time. So you really? Get both, yeah.
1: I do
2: awesome. not see that on here. Maybe I'm not. Oh, wait, never mind. Yep. I see it there. There it is. And it's just Julie Andrews floating down amongst the oh, chimney Julie sweeps, which is not a shock. I guess I just have a guys. huge crush on Mary Poppins. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe just like British nannies who teach people how to live life properly. Maybe. You, you know, know, I'll never forget in that movie when she came down, I cried. You know, I'm that, like, man, that movie meant more to me than I thought it was so, going to. So, ladies, if you want to impress Ryan, float down on an umbrella. <laughs> never. I have a wife. Okay. <laughs> My wife.
4: Um, what if Mary Poppins was Zach? And Zach just floated down. We still have a crush on Mary Poppins. <laughs> <Boston. laughs>
3: I'd say, go back up. <laughs> Boo, you shouldn't have descended. Boo. <laughs> um,
2: but anyway, uh, we're also getting a 4K release of Lord of War, which... just uh,
0: releases weird 4Ks.
2: Yeah, they're kind of like trickling their stuff out kind of Yeah, that's slowly. cool, though. I mean, I guess someone really wants to watch.
0: Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I guess they can.
2: Uh, Arrow is putting out a film called Strip Nude for Your Killer. It has um, to be Italian. Um, yeah, it might be an Italian. It <laughs> sounds
0: like an Italian title. I'm just gonna go out so, on a limb and
2: say probably Italian. I
0: do love the Italian horror film names because it's stupid stuff it's like, like that. This has got
2: to be like a Giallo film from that has like the be. 70s period. Um, which stupid they are they are really well made. It's just you look at the title very, and you wouldn't expect it to be as amazing you, as it probably is. You have to
0: have a specific. Taste to like those films too because they're really weird.
2: Yeah, I've seen a few of them. I'm like, and it's mainly because, like, when I was into Eli Roth, like, getting into his stuff, like, that was where the influences he suggested out there. So. Yeah. Uh, Kino Lober's is putting out Far From Heaven, which is a wonderful film with Julianne Moore and Dennis Quaid. Uh, and also Losing It with Tom Cruise and Shelley yes. Long. So uh, it's $22. I'm not spending $22 on Losing It. <laughs> oh, I know what to get you for,
1: Chris. Yeah, you can spend
2: it on not Sure, why not?
0: Hey. Unless it drops, but those Kino Lober, uh like, studio. They Classic. go on sale all the time. Do they?
2: Yeah, I, they do. I've never seen them cheap. I get an email from them like once every three weeks saying, there's a sale. <laughs>
3: um,
0: it's not even really a Tom Cruise movie. It's a Jackie Earle Jack, Earl Haley movie. Tom Cruise uh, is like the sidekick in it. Okay. It's yeah. fun. It's like kids go to Tijuana to get fucked. <laughs> I think it's my third favorite, least favorite Tom Cruise movie.
1: Um,
2: also, Keanu Reeves putting out Love and Under Strangers. Um, and uh, in the shout realm, we've got... Uh, Ned Kelly, which is a Heath Ledger, Orlando Bloom movie. It's, like, it's one of those, it's an Australian film that, like, was released just, like, just in the in-between of uh, Lord of the Rings and Pirates. Yeah, don't sleep on that. Yeah, you know, it's, I've only heard of it, I've never seen it, so... Couldn't tell you. Uh, shout factory. Uh, but shout factory is putting out the witches. Um, which is a 1966 film with Joan Fontaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can pick that out. It didn't say scream on it, but I'm assuming it. Yeah, uh, it has to be scream. Um, so, but uh, poster looks cool. Uh, it's Joan Fontaine looking concerned right next to a voodoo mask. So I did read on Scream Factory's like, um, Facebook uh-huh. that they're in their warehouse and they found
0: 32 copies of the Velvet Vampire that was previously out of print. <laughs> so if you want to get it, I own it. But if you want to get it, it's really weird. But the poster's badass. It's like this, like half naked woman holding up two severed heads. It's pretty badass. Nice. Doesn't really live up to the poster.
2: I will say that. <laughs> um, Shout Factory is also putting out the Deadly Mantis uh, from nineteen fifty seven. Uh, you can get that. Um, it's only seventy nine minutes long, so it's a quick, uh, quick chunk of your time.
0: It's like the Adam Age monster movie.
2: Yeah, The Atomic Cage. There's a great documentary on those uh along with like 50 sci-fi on the Forbidden Planet Blu-ray mm. that's like really fun to watch cuz you you get to listen to Uh, amongst other people, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and whatnot. And I swear to God, in the middle of that, I heard George Lucas confess to not giving a shit. (laughs) So um, that's where you find the real answers is in those small details. Um, Also from uh, Warner Archive is putting out The Jazz Singer on Mm Blu-ray, the original Al Jolson 1927 film that started the sound craze. Um, I'm frustrated with myself because I paid for the book edition Two weeks ago to get mm-hmm. it, and I had to get it used, so there's no guarantee. And now I find out this is already coming out. So
0: and the book one is probably sharp.
2: I'll have a nicer version of the, the Jazz Singer, which is you know I'm only buying it for the special features that are on it right now. So it's an all right movie. I it, mean you know, it's, yeah. it's it's, impor- it's important. It, it's a very important film that is interesting to watch in context and uh, retrospect. Um, and that's all I'm seeing here thus far. There's a new mm. Pokemon movie. Ah, comes oh Book shit! Cleopatra Jones on Archive War, Warner mm. Archive. So nice. What were you saying? I can't believe Spider
0: Man four K is not in Steelbook. That just really just like bummed me out. Well, not here. You should write a letter elsewhere to Sony. To I'm going to yeah. I'll be like fuck you, Sony. Write it in crayons so they
2: know you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's Blu Ray. Well, even
0: I guess even the like Amazon exclusives not four K either. They have like an. Exclusive slipcover. Oh, that holographic! Thing? Yeah,
4: yeah. Also, the just the regular Blu-ray sold out on Blu-ray or Best Buy too. So, is it really I'm hoping Monday night I'll be able to? Wow, yeah,
0: hit their stock good. up, man! Yeah. yeah, it's a good movie.
4: Should probably see it.
0: Cool. Probably the best movie from last year. Probably. It says me and the
4: Academy.
2: <laughs> the best animated film. Uh, <laughs> but nope. Do you want to nope. play specifics
0: here? No. Nope. Best movie of the year. <laughs> okay.
4: I don't know, I read somewhere that Infinity War was, so... <laughs> it's okay. I'll take Infinity
0: War, too.
2: <clears throat> Black Clan's been on Blu-ray and 4K. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's there. Anyway, um, that was Blu-ray.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Brad,
4: what'd you watch this week?
3: So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
4: Oh, boy, do I have a movie to recommend to Ryan. Oh, Sweet. Yeah. So is it watch?
6: French and long? It is. Are you real serious? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man.
4: Uh, Better so, to die. Um, Years ago, I watched Enter the Void, and I was like, you know, this is, filmmaking-wise, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a film by Gaspar Noah, I think is how you pronounce it. Gaspar Noé. Noé. Yeah. Um, he's a French filmmaker. Um, the and, Holy
2: shit, you saw this, didn't you?
4: And so, did I already say I watched Climax?
1: I,
3: I just took a guess.
4: Yeah. Um, in
3: this, film, I am going to make a lot of French people talk for a very long time.
4: That what happens
2: that's that's not Gaspar Noe's films at all <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: no the this is um how do I describe this uh so there's a lot of drug use and French people, so wow that's Ryan's right my alley. combo <laughs> yeah
3: um <laughs> Ryan loves drugs
4: <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I was like
3: but they don't like me <laughs>
4: I originally was going to avoid this movie because I was like this looks like just a bunch of hey, let's try to f- play with the weird camera stuff and People partying which yeah not interesting to me but I was like I like to enter the void I skipped the 3d porn when he did um, but I, I want to go see movie tonight so I just I was like fuck it yeah and it's at the C film center so it's mm. only gonna cost me like five bucks mm-hmm. so uh, I go in and then right away I start off the evening by having one of the worst audience experiences I've ever had oh. mm. <laughs> um, so the theater I'm in has the first section down below is all like regular seating and mm-hmm. then this, behind me is the stadium seating and it's pretty full, so I'm like, cool, I'm just going to sit in the front row, back row, so no one's behind <laughs> me really. And then it's just clear sailing in front of me. And then about five minutes before the movie starts, this couple comes in. She puts her be- her coat in the seat to my left, and then they both sit next to me and start talking constantly through all the previews <laughs> and everything. And um, I'm like, you know, maybe they'll shut up before the movie starts, and they don't. Mm-hmm. So I move to the second row from the screen thinking, like, no one's going to sit down here but me. <laughs> and five minutes into the movie, one dude, I, I out of the corner of my left eye, this guy <laughs> slinks down into the row behind me and then catch, catches me looking at him. So he gets up and then goes around the back. And I'm like, oh, cool. He's not, he you know, he gets the message. Yeah. But then he comes around the right side of the same row instead and sits down right behind me to the right, like one seat. Yeah. It's, it's like... Out of the empty spaces of the entire <laughs> like five row section, like why? And then I find I find out it's because he's waiting for his two other friends to show up. Oh shit! So those three people are sitting right behind me. I'm like fuck this, and I go way to the very back corner, like that's the seat in front of the the steps. Um, and then about two minutes after that, like this couple down in to my left in front the girl is just leaning over to her boyfriend and just chatting, like whispering stuff. Mm. And so I have to like position my popcorn bag to like block the (laughs) view of them on my knee. (laughs) And that helps. So already I've missed a kind of like the movie opens with, um, this, it's that bird's eye view. They see, you see in the trailer where the girl's like running out into the snow and she's bleeding Mm -hmm. and she's just writhing and screaming in the snow. And Mm -hmm. it's like the camera's kind of spinning around and she's screaming. And then it, pops up like this title card that says like this is a French film and we're proud of it. Um, <laughs> and it's subtitled so it's like French. And, and then there's a re- little like smoke vapors <laughs> coming up from it too.
2: <laughs> like un regard can <laughs>
4: And then there's like it feels like I don't know 10 minutes straight of just like the TV part of it where there's like people interviewing on the TV and like off the sides are like stacks of books of I assume inspiration because like Suspiria is one mm-hmm. of them and stuff. Um, like you VHS tapes and books like stacked to the, on either side of the, this square TV. Mm-hmm. And it's like interviewing these people who I, you know, they're not very memorable. So I can't tell if they were, again, I was distracted from all the audience stuff. So I couldn't tell if it was characters that are in the party later or if they're just people commenting on like the party scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it goes to the actual, um, basically the, the plot of the movie from there after you've sat for like 10 to 15 minutes, like just listening to these interviews straight um, it's this is a dance troupe. I think it's their second, this their pen- penultimate performance and they're partying the night before. Um, and they're just kind of dancing and having a good time with the, de- and the, the DJ's just playing music and stuff. And then um, you know, the only amazing part of the movie is the the cinematography. It's like a, there's a lot of like single takes that last for 10-15 minutes straight. Um, and uh the ballsiest part of the movie is in the middle, right before shit gets really crazy he rolls the credits. (laughs) (laughs) So and it's not like cut to black and credits come down the screen. It's like every person who worked on it, there's like a symbol of what they did. So like, you know, cinematography, there's like a camera, and then the name has like its own font, and it's all stylized and like neon and stuff. Um, And it goes through the entire like cast and crew. And then you're like, oh, shit, this movie's really short and it's over, right? (laughs) And then, um, uh, no, it kicks into the plot. So... And the stuff before that was, um, you know, he floats the camera around each of the characters as they're dancing on the dance floor, and it's in this, you know, uh, wherever they, you know, hang out as a as a group to like they live like dorms, I guess, mm-hmm. dance dorms, um, and all the characters are just talking about like you know, um, like all the guys are talking about all the the female dancers that they want to fuck, um, and all the shitty ways, like all the deviant ways they would do it. And the girls are, like, talking about, you know, hey, you know, would you ever get an abortion? Stuff like that. Um, and then there's, like, one character who has her son with her. Um, and then after all that stuff in the credits roll, you find out that someone spiked the punch with LSD. Mm-hmm. So uh, they all start freaking out. You know, they scapegoat one guy who doesn't, the guy who doesn't drink at all, you find out in the conversations before. And they, they toss him out in the snow and he freezes to death. And then everyone else just goes on a worse and worse trip. The the mother locks her son in like the storeroom so that nothing, like none of these people attack him. But then, she, you know, as she falls down her trip, she, you know, feels like she's a bad mother. She kills herself. Um, the The main girl, uh, who's like the only named person in the movie that recognizes Sophia Batella. she was in Star Trek yeah, Beyond. Yeah. Um, you follow her for most of it, um, but the weird thing is, like the girl who. F- Walked out in the snow at the beginning, bleeding. It doesn't feel connected to anything resulting from the story because I th- think that was her character, but she ends the movie like having slept with uh, this lesbian girl mm-hmm. by the end. Um, so I'm not sure who the person who was bleeding in the snow was by the end. Mm. Um, other than there was one girl who was, uh, um, she was telling everyone she was she got pregnant, but she wanted to keep it a secret. And then this other girl came in and. Um, kicked her in the stomach um and then she came out and tried to confront her again for some reason um after calling for an ambulance and uh not getting it and then she like cuts herself a bunch of times I, maybe that's her like because you never see her for like the rest yeah. of the movie um or maybe she's the one in the shower because at one point like someone's just showering because they're like freaking out that there's stuff on them mm-hmm. uh one girl gets her hair set on fire um and then, uh, as the, the climax of the movie is like, er, like the dance room gets all red, and the, the Gaspar Noah's camera is like f- just floating around constantly and stuff. And it's technically it's interesting, but story wise, like these people suck, and <laughs> uh, I don't care that they're on LSD and tripping out, mm. and the, no one's doing anything compelling enough to like, oh, this is a great story. So, but I knew Ryan would love it. Yeah, you know, you it. know, Cary Grant took
0: LSD and he he just was relaxed.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't always make
2: you crazy out here. Cary Grant, Cary in climax. It's just like a one shot of him reading a book pleasantly. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, no, no, um, G- Noe's films are not. Like, I will never. They're not that plot movie. driven by any stretch of the imagination. It's like I, the only yeah. one I've seen is Enter the Void. But every one that I read a description for after Enter the Void is something where I'm just like, I'm not interested in this. But I can see how other people could be. Yeah,
4: I appreciate that he's like trying to do something different and like, yeah. push. The, but like that's a, that's called a tech demo.
2: Well, I think with, with what I've read about climax so far, it seems like something that I would want to watch at some point, but I'm also like, every time I watch a trailer for it, like that plays during an indie film or whatever, or if it's just an article writing about, I'm just like, do I just, do I really want to go out to the theater for that right now? Or would I rather that be a Netflix release or something like that, where I could see it out of nowhere, you know, I don't know. Like we'll talk about it later, but like, that's kind of a good thing. Netflix has in its back pocket is like, it'll, make you aware of films that you probably won't drive out to the theater to see. Yeah. So.
4: And the other thing I saw was Captain Marvel twice. Nice. So nice. Twice nice. more. Uh, showed up to my mom. She wants to be Captain Marvel now. Yes. <laughs> um, then it works. Yeah. And, uh, I enjoyed it more the second and third times around cause I wasn't critiquing yeah. it as a filmmaker. I was just sure. along for the ride and yeah, it's way fun. And, um, yeah, all the nitpicky things I had, like in our first review, didn't quite matter as much. Didn't stick. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I heard um, they recreated the scene from Speed on the bus, like in the background of one of the shots. And I can't find it. Oh, uh, I don't know. Or is that That's just a rumor? The, no, I've. It's during the train sequence. Yeah, yeah.
0: I might have to watch it again. That'd well, be so, awesome. Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah. Be fun. Um,
2: Speed's a cool movie. I've seen that in a while. That's it for me. At least I'm taller. Alright, Hotshot, you think you're so smart? Why don't you rewatch Speed and tell me which scene it connects to in Captain Marvel?
0: Sweet. Don't get too, too many Dennis Hopper
2: impressions. And it's not even a great Dennis Hopper impression, man! <laughs> I like him in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I like him in Apocalypse Now where he's there for like 15 minutes and then goes away. <laughs> Zach, what'd you watch this week?
0: Uh, Just no, a no. couple things.
2: Yeah, Not a whole lot. Um, I rewatched Malcolm X. Um, Denzel Washington. Playing. How's that end? I think you'd ought to know. Um I mean, it's history. Um I you know like it, it's I think he's still amazing in that movie. Like I I love watching that movie because uh, Denzel of how, Washington? Yeah, Denzel, oh, Washington, Denzel
1: Washington's amazing in everything.
2: Yeah, he is. Like this one in particular like it's one of those things where like I'm not always into a film that's like stretching out to 3 hours long. Like I'm not going to go back and revisit Titanic and Avatar and stuff like that. Well, yeah, those movies aren't good. Well, they, yeah, obviously. With Malcolm X, I love going back to it because it shows an actual arc of a man who because like goes from like one mode of thinking to another one and what that leads to. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff throughout peppered throughout the film of just like, you're going to end up a dead man. You'll be a dead man. And then it obviously comes to fruition at the end. So it's all dramatic layering and stuff like that and uh payoff, but it's just, it's a well-constructed Epic film and he's at the center of it. He's really great, but also like other people around him throughout the film it, it, as supporting players. Like it's just, a, it's a, such an interesting film and, um, I, I, I enjoy rewatching it. I had just yep. gotten it on Blu ray recently and I hadn't revisited no, that's it. No, it's a good movie. So, um, and actually, it, it reminded me of like, because the, the first time I saw it, I had to write an English essay about the similarities and differences between MLK and Malcolm X. So I watched that film because we talked about MLK all the time in like school, but we never talked about Malcolm X. And so this film was like, well, I'll just watch this, it'll tell me everything. And somehow it did tell me everything because I got an A on that paper because nice. <laughs> I was just like, well, you see, they were very different at one point, but then they were very similar up until the very end. <laughs> so um, but anyway, yeah, Malcolm X is a um, it's a great film. Um, I rewatched some superhero movies in something called the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Anybody mm. familiar with this at all? Mm. I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's, Us started off with Iron Man, which is a five star film. Um, I've never seen that back in 08 and it's a, still a great film. It's um, amazing. Uh, then I uh, went to the Incredible Hulk, which is a three star film, and I still stand by that. That movie is is fun. Did you watch
0: him in order? I did. did so, uh, are, did you watch uh, theat- Iron Man two?
2: No, theatrical release order. So, uh, so Iron Man first, and then the Incredible Hulk because they came out a couple yeah. months later.
0: And then, did you watch Iron Man two? I did. Yeah. Does Iron Man two seem better after you watch Incredible Hulk? Because it did to me.
2: Mm, barely. No. But yes, it does. Um, I, I, mean, it just, I, I think it's because when you're watching it right after, of it, it does the Justin Hammer dance. It, I think that might it, be it, it is idea. the Justin Hammer dance, but it's also the fact that it's it has a better idea of what it I wants want my to bud. do. The, the, you know what the problem is for me is like Incredible Hulk isn't as sure of what it wants to be, whereas Iron Man is sure of what it wants Why, to it be. Yeah, Because it has Robert Downey Jr. in it. Well, that's I part. think Robert Downey Jr. is a huge anchor in a film. But in terms of story, like I mean, like Incredible Hulk and i know part of it's because it was mishandled in the edit and stuff like that and edward norton did whatever he fucking does with behind the scenes stuff but it just it it feels less assured of mm-hmm. what it wants to be as a hulk movie which you know we we talk about ang lee's hulk as if it's a bad thing but like it is. i i want to rewatch it like cuz at least it tries something interesting with that character whereas the incredible hulk is just mm-hmm. an action movie by the yeah. literal um,
0: I've but, never
4: had a problem with Iron Man too. No, then when do the lasers stop?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, no,
0: yeah. well, there's some like awesome scenes in Iron Man too. I, I think the the flight through the Stark Expo is amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's got some fun stuff in it. I'm still always unsure of what the how you create an element out of a uh, table. Like, I don't know because they. All he does uh, he is used scan- Captain America shield. Yeah, no, but well, he uses that to make a reactor to create the element. Yeah. I'm talking about like when he looks at it and then scans it in the computer is he just looking at like how a proton is formed and stuff like that. Like, is it, or is it just Marvel science? Don't worry about it.
0: Uh, it's a movie and I just enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. That,
2: that That's fine. But like my other thing with Iron Man is like, we, we've got Mickey Rourke and Sam Rockwell and we don't have them interact with Mar- Robert Downey Jr. too much. Whereas I like more interaction with them. Mm because um, I, I do love that scene where Mickey Rourke and Robert Danny Jr. are talking after um, venko has been arrested. Um, like that, you, oh, come yeah. from, you come from a family of thieves and butchers and the sharks will come and blah, blah, blah. I'm Mickey Rourke. Um, <laughs> Marvel bit to pay up and open their wallet. <laughs> um, and then I rewatched Thor, which for the longest time was a three-star film. And I added another star to it because I really liked rewatching it this time. I don't know what it is about it. Uh, it's not... The best shot of these films. It's not even the best, like executed in terms of story. But I had so much fun rewatching. I think it's interestingly
0: shot. I mean, it's Ken- Kenneth Branagh, so you're going to get a lot of the Dutch angles. It's Dutch angle, the motion picture. This but is what this movie is. It fits because he also plays it up as a Shakespearean film.
1: And
2: the the fish out of water element, like everything's askew. But like just the way the story flows and I think it's a lot of it is the actors contributing what they can to this story that's essentially a Masters of the Universe remake.
4: Um, It's amazing to see how low res Asgard is, CGI wise. Yeah,
2: yeah. it still looks good on the Blu-ray. I know it
0: looks good. I always think it's funny. um, Chris Hemsworth eyes uh, Chris, Chris Hemsworth's eyebrows are blonde.
2: Oh yeah, that's like a Feige regret, <laughs> yeah. like another Feige regrets thing. He I mean, still looks yeah. good. He still and
0: Loki's hair short. Yeah, he's, he's still still handsome. But
2: yeah. I love I love like the, the my favorite scene in that film. Like, it was never my favorite scene in a Marvel thing, but it might be one of my top Marvel scenes of all time. Is when Stellan Skarsgård and Thor are talking in the bar after he's gotten Thor out of jail and. He, Thor brilliantly sums up his entire character arc and like what he's supposed to learn like in that one scene. And then they cut to the boilermakers and mm. have that fun little reaction shot. There's just, just lines and it's just the way it worked out, I was very happy it's with a fun it movie. and enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh and then Captain America First Avenger, which is perfect. This it's is amazing. Awesome. It's still my favorite Marvel film of all time. Mm. Um uh it's uh well because and it's this is mainly for me because i do love world war ii films and stuff like that but it's like
4: you criticize it a little bit he's like okay okay i'll, I'll defend my like just own it
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. okay yeah <laughs> i love it but um also is there any reports that tommy lee jones didn't like working on captain america first avenger no that you're aware of because mm-hmm. if he didn't He's doing a good job at not showing it. <laughs> Every and in the script maybe just seems catered to that, but like everything he says in that movie makes it sound like he doesn't want to be there, but it may just be because he's really getting into that character. No, um,
0: first of all, I mean I
4: watched it I think last week. Mm-hmm. Movie's awesome. Yeah, it's
2: amazing. <laughs> if you have something to say now's a great time to keep it to yourself.
4: <laughs> I think he definitely thinks like stuff like this is silly.
1: Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: He's still like an actor so he'll do it cuz he's <laughs> an actor.
2: You and I are going to have a conversation later that you are not going to like. <laughs> um oh my favorite one is probably still like when he's talking with uh dr erskine about the who should be the candidate for the program and he's like l- uh pointing to rogers he's like look at that he's making me cry <laughs> still skinny he's still skinny <laughs> <laughs> um oh and also uh gilmore hodge the 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 like asshole uh Brooklynite soldier who pisses off Agent Carter mm-hmm. I love his delivery of Gilmore Hodge your majesty <laughs> mm-hmm. like this is like straight out of a Chuck Jones cartoon mm-hmm. I fucking love this whole thing um, and also like even though it's like CG I do like the way the the World's Fair Expo oh, looks oh no I think it, it works um, for the film it's it's Joe Johnston man like that's that's the Joe Johnston well, touch it's, it's the that, way you choose to shoot it's, that yeah, film it's
0: the Art Deco bigger than life um, kind of look to it
2: I think it looks great It's it's wonderful it's 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 a fantastic Marvel film that like, I think, I don't know why, like, I mean, I felt from the get go that it was still great, but like, I heard a lot of people like having problems with it. And then nowadays I'm hearing people love it to death. I'm like, where were all of you when this first came out? Like it would have made a ton of money. Um, it made plenty of whatever. I I like it back then. Um, it's fine. Yeah. And then the last thing is I've been rewatching, uh, I'm still continuing the star Trek TNG binge. Um, I'm almost done with season four. Um, I uh I had a lot of fun with um the episode where Riker um gets pulled into an illusion like thing where he thinks he has a son and the whole episode starts with him playing the trombone and then he walks in to reveal that he has a son and the the reveal is so great because it just shows his son playing the
1: trombone.
2: Hi Dad. It's it's the weirdest cut that you see. It like it, it just works for great comedy when it's not meaning to whatsoever. It's supposed to be this big dramatic twist. Um and, uh, you know, like, uh, D- data's day, which was fun. Like, I love the whole perspective of it. I would have loved at the end. He's just like, my conclusion is that all these people are morons and I should be running this ship. <laughs> um, so, uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, uh, there was a Troy episode that I enjoyed, um, where she's, uh, she loses her powers, um, or she loses her empathic ability and she's, going through the day having to learn that like her empathic ability is not the only thing that makes her a great being starship. an
4: asshole about it
2: <laughs> well uh, i will i will admit she is a little one
4: day without my powers and i need to resign from the she, ship
2: she is like over overreacting to a huge degree she is overreacting remember
0: your sentence she is oh uh, she is a she
2: okay that, troy is overreacting. that
0: that, that, that was a joke
2: <laughs> oh um
0: that was like uh, a zach eastman joke no one laughed
2: <laughs> uh, I, 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 that's why you shouldn't tell them. <laughs> only I can tell them, because <laughs> only you know how to react badly <laughs> to it. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm glad that I'm keeping going with this thing. Um, I really, really want to. I, I want to finish it up because I want to watch the movies now in order after that, so I can pick up on anything I missed and then go into DS9 and Voyager, which I still haven't seen Voyager in its entirety. So I went
4: through it once.
1: <laughs>
4: I'm redoing... and what was your conclusion? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was the '90s, this, towards the end of Star Trek. They kind of, when you watch um, Next Generation and then DS9 and then Voyager, it's like, you know, you've seen a lot of the good ideas already, and then they're just trying to, they're just trying to keep that up, and it's hit or miss.
2: Really, I heard by by the time you get to Enterprise, they're all gone. <laughs> Uh, The ideas. The idea, like like the uh, the idea, machines all gone in enterprises. Well,
4: yeah, it's basically like, hey, let's do prequels now.
2: Yeah, um, but yeah, and then like I don't know, like just I I I liked it, and then that Star Trek universe. I do want to watch Discovery at some point, but you know, we'll see when that happens. I still, I'm probably gonna get CBS All Access soon anyway because I want to see the Twilight Zone that bad. So, anyway, that's all I watched this week. Uh, yeah, I
0: uh I've been rewatching The Office. I caught a joke in there that I haven't seen ever, and I don't know how I missed it. I know. Um. Michael Scott is pouring sugar into a diet Coke. It's really funny because um, <laughs> he's explaining about how he found out that there's a surplus and someone people want chairs and some people want a copier or if they don't come a decision, he gets a bonus and um, <laughs> you know, he comes out and he, and he, Oscar says, do you know what's 15% of 4,500? He rattles off the right number and Kevin goes, you are
1: a genius.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I I yeah I I love Kevin Malone too cuz he starts off like you know just in the background and then you know his my, my favorite Kevin Malone is when um he's <laughs> Dwight tells Holly that he's retarded and he, when he's talking to Holly he says I keep my M&Ms in here so no one can eat them <laughs> or when she helps him pay for her thing out of the vending machine. Well that's a button. Just like the little things I love. I mentioned a few weeks ago I rewatched um dinner party like three times just because I love the character moments in it. And that's another one where uh Steve Carell is so in tune with his character. You know, pouring sugar into diet soda is brilliant. Um so yeah, that's fun. Um My little boy, finally, for free on streaming, we watched Show Dogs, which came out last year with Will Arnett.
2: Oh, the controversial Show Dogs. Is it controversial? Apparently, it had a joke that made everyone uncomfortable, and so they had to remove it or
0: something. I don't
4: know. I'll look it up, I don't remember this movie at all. Um,
0: Yeah, so it cost $50 million to make. I don't remember it either. And my little boy wanted to watch it because in it, a dog has sunglasses, and another one has cucumbers on its eyes.
2: Oh, cool. that means they're actually human, but they're not. Yeah, (laughs) and so the
0: dogs talk in it? But they're not funny.
2: That was part of the issue that they had.
0: And it was maybe the most painful 90 minutes I've had in a long time.
1: Oh, boy.
0: Um, Kellen liked the part where the dog bit the bad guy on the butt. (laughs) And he laughed about it for like 10 minutes. And then he became disinterested in the movie, too. That shows you how it's not good.
4: Like he didn't even. Did you tell him like, well, let's have our dogs bite you on the butt and see how funny you think it is? <laughs> no, uh, but it's it's one of those things where
0: he thought it looked fun, and you know, I, I don't mind the earbuds or something like that, but it wasn't even.
4: Bingo had sunglasses way before Show Dogs. Exactly,
0: and it's, I don't know, it's it's so bad, and you're you're watching, going, what is Will Arnett doing in this? And uh, I mean, Cha-ching. obviously it's money. Yeah. But, <laughs> so the dogs were like at this show in vegas and the set was really poorly constructed it looked like it was cheap
4: this is a live action yeah not a cgi movie
0: uh the dogs have some bad cgi like them flipping so don't watch show dogs or you can watch it it's for free on showtime if you have showtime
2: yeah there's a uh the the the, the whole thing was like one of the one of the main characters is forced to have his genitals fondled by a dog show judge without consent and yeah oh i don't and if I mean, like, the way you're making it sound like that's one of the many problems this film yeah, has. Yeah, I, so. I
0: don't even remember. It's just not funny. I mean,
2: obviously, um, that one's a bigger problem, but yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, especially if it's a kid's film. Yeah, it's it's just not funny. You know, I, Directed I, by Raja Gosnell, uh, the auteur behind Scooby Doo and Scooby Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Yeah,
0: you can. No one's inspired in this film. Um, <laughs> I also, I was going to do a Scream Factory Crypt of the Critters collection. Each movie has about an hour and a half to two hours of bonus features. So we know there are four films, but then there's two hours of bonus features for each film. So that's eight hours. And then on top of the commentaries. So I'm not going to get through it. Um, Ever? No, I just this week. Um, okay. So I watched Critters one and two and all the special features. I've uh, excuse
2: to... me. Mick Garris Critters two.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I've always wanted horse. to
4: watch them because they're referenced in the first Ninja Turtles movie.
0: Yeah. it's So they're, silly i mean they're total b movies um they're critters
4: <laughs> of course the new one's coming out i guess yeah
0: um yeah if you like pg-13 evil eating monster furball things then yeah and i mean there's lots of i do right ryan, know, so, ryan yeah. this is
2: all i've been asking for since i started coming on this podcast
1: uh
0: <laughs> but i mean you know someone lynn shay's in them and she's fun um she's in the documentaries so uh, the first Critters has the longest documentary. It's about an hour and 45 minutes. Shit. Um, uh, I want but it's collection. fun listening to. So the writer of it died about 10 years ago, but they had a, they put him in the documentary and he's talking about it and he wrote it before gremlins and a lot of, I didn't know this either. I thought it was like a gremlins knockoff, but he wrote it before gremlins. And then because gremlins was so popular that new line cinema picked it up and produced it. Uh, and it, I mean, they're harmless movies. They're, they're there. Like the, the creature effects are kind of fun. Um, they're made by the Kyoto brothers, who did uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So uh, they look like puppets, but they look cool because just because I they're think there.
4: They did the um, the live action Drills Show,
0: and they probably did. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me. They're. Uh, so they're really good at that uh, mechanical puppery, puppetry, puppery, <laughs> puppery.
2: Um, so, so that's what you saw in show dogs. Yes. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> so hopefully I'll get through it. I'm hoping in the next couple of days. It's just I didn't expect it to have that many special
2: features. Um, One of my favorite recent observations about the Critters collection came from, like, I think it was, I can't remember what episode of uh, Shockwaves it was, but someone asked uh, Mick Garris flat out, like, did you get Leo for the documentaries? <laughs> and he's just like, no, no. no.
0: I uh, so, I yeah, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, because if Screen Factory is going to do a collection, I mean, whether it's Halloween or it's Alive, they usually do a pretty great job of... Oh, they, uh,
2: they dig up people you wouldn't expect them to yeah, dig up, so, like...
0: And that they give everything a comprehensive look. I, I think as it gets because so critters one and two do have new two K scans and mm-hmm. they look actually really good. Right. Uh, but three and four they didn't do new scans, so I'm guessing three and four maybe their documentaries might be only like thirty or forty minutes long. So hopefully it won't take me <laughs> as long to get through them.
2: And it's funny too; every critters movie is 86 minutes long. You know, weird, th- right? It's, it's kind of weird. Like uh, like there's much there's so much love for that one the it's alive trilogy that i that I have in love uh only has one real only special features on it's alive, the first one, and then the rest of them are one audio commentary and one theatrical yeah. trailer, which I'm not going to complain about that yeah. with the it's alive movies, but it, it, the seventeen minute like thing on it's alive one or I'm just like, oh, I'm sure Larry Cohen could have talked about this a lot longer, but um but yeah, yeah no, it's crit- fun I mean, love some critters
4: you know what's even weirder about mm-hmm. them' all being eighty six minutes long. Mm-hmm. The first one came out in nineteen eighty six weird. Whoa. demon portal
2: what wow. if like it was a coincidence whoa Keanu Weave. <laughs> am I
0: right though they're all 86 minutes I think I remember the Oh, of... I
4: was looking up the, the release dates
0: no I, I think that, or, like within a one or two minutes of it it's, I'm it's, pretty it's, sure uh, um, it's, it's an Illuminati,
2: Illuminati conspiracy <laughs> <part>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I <don't
4: know>. IMDB <laughs> says the first one's an hour 26 which is 86 86 yeah um two is 126 weird. whoops there's TV series one twenty six. Oh, IMDb saying four is one twenty seven. Oh, shoot.
6: Fuck. Oh, God. By
0: one minute. <laughs> Anybody see that scene scene in scanners? <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, no, they're fun movies. I mean, <laughs> hashtag cancel critters. They're they're, they're harmless sci fi horror movies. Yeah, they're, no, they're fun don't. to watch. If, if you have eighty six or eighty
2: seven minutes to kill the first. <laughs> The first time I saw do. the first one was after watching Trick or Treat for the first time. So it was yeah. like a fun night of just like new, new revelations. Yeah. You
0: know, I, I haven't seen Critters in a while and watching it. It's I mean, Dee Wallace is in it and she's great. Yeah. Um, and it's just a fun movie. Like there, It's not going to blow your mind horror wise, but it's still fun.
2: Some of the directors who work on those who can't are apparently working on the reboot of it, which for like cool. a TV series, which is nice. Um, And then uh, go ahead, Brad.
4: No, I just, I just got an email from uh someone who wants our podcast to be mentioned in their next issue of their magazine. Cool. What's their magazine? Cosplayzine
2: Cool. Cosplay. Let's do it. Um and
0: nice. then uh my Cary Grant. I'm starting to almost run out of movies.
2: You'll have to find another Ooh, hello.
0: Um
2: You'll have to find another actor to love. Yeah, I think uh, I Humphrey g- Bogart. I think I get mm.
0: through um I think I'm gonna do Kate Blanchett next, actually. Um uh Jack Benny. <laughs> Uh Jack Benny was supposed to play one of these roles in one of his movies. Oh, um Let's talk about this. So, uh the first one I watched was In Name Only, mm-hmm. um which is he's really good in it. Um I think is it Carol Lombard? Um So, uh in Name Only, uh Uh he, anyways, uh yeah, Carol Lombard. So, in it he's a wealthy uh, Cary Grant is a wealthy guy Mm -hmm. and literally rides up on a horse (laughs) at the beginning of this movie to meet Carol Lombard, who's a widow and has a young daughter. Uh, He meets her there and they kind of flirt and he says, I'll be back the next day. They meet again. They flirt. And it turns out Cary Grant is married to this lady who doesn't really love him. And uh, he falls for Carol Lombard's character and in the process of falling in love with this woman, his wife says, I'll divorce you. I'm going to go on vacation with your parents to Paris. And while I'm gone, I'll send for the divorce papers. So then the next 30, 40 minutes of the film, uh, it's Cary Grant and Carol Lombard kind of falling in love and, um, hanging out. And then there's this, uh, cloud over him. That's his wife who keeps on leading him on saying, I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to divorce you. And she never does. Mm -hmm. And so she's supposed to divorce him. And then, eventually goes, Who cares? And um he goes to pick up Christmas presents for the mom and her daughter, and when he gets there his wife is there waiting for him. And uh you find out that his wife's a gold digger and that she's only staying with him because he's wealthy and then when he dies and she'll her when his dad dies, she'll get all his money, so she he can't divorce Cary Grant because if Carrie Grant divorces her, then he gets all her money. And Cary Grant says, Then take it, you know, something like that. And um you All know, the
2: money you in the world wouldn't make me want to stay with you
0: yeah uh, so he gets he gets drunk on christmas
2: so the movie's- is oh, a familiar setting <laughs> yeah
0: so the movie's actually really good if i always had one complaint about golden age hollywood is sometimes the movies end really abruptly
2: mm-hmm.
0: um they tie him up
2: really fast yeah um well it's it's assembly there's an assembly line motive to it but also there yeah. is a like kind of a wrap it up cuz that's not It's not uncommon. I mean, it's almost
0: in every movie of his I watch. Yeah. Um, I mean,
2: like, and and a lot of the ones you've been talking about recently do have kind of like a, like, they're not memorable probably for a reason to a degree, but, like, they're still watchable. No,
0: I mean, in name only, it's a really great movie. Yeah. I, I mean, the performances are awesome. Um, I just it ends really fast, but it, it gets the, it tells the story, so yeah. I guess it's okay. I
2: want to actually do a Carol Lombard, Lombard um, rewatch at some
1: point. She's and, really good.
2: Well, because I love her, and one of my favorite movies of all time is her last movie. So, uh, um, but yeah, it, anyway, is it Jack Benny that I'm talking about? I don't know. I know Jack Benny
0: was supposed to play a Cary Grant character. Um,
2: um, In one of the ones you watched recently? Yeah,
0: maybe. I'll have to... uh, Let me think about it. Um, So, I also watched An Affair to Remember, Mm -hmm. uh, which I It wouldn't have been that. (laughs) No, it's not that. I haven't seen it in so long. Um, And the movie's really good. It's it's probably the most classic romantic comedy, romantic drama. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of implausibilities in it, but it's still... It's carried by the leads of Deborah Kerr and Cary Grant. Yeah. Um, Cary Grant plays another wealthy guy who's on a ship, and he's also a painter. um, And... So they're on a cruise together, and they promised to meet at the top of the Empire State Building on July 4th, yeah. if I remember correctly. Um, I literally watched it last night. Oh, it sounds remember. like it's
2: totally ripping off Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, right? Just, anybody um,
0: think Nora Heffron's a little bit I, of a I, thief? I, I read an interesting story about that, that the sales of the DVD of A Fair to Remember
2: mm-hmm.
0: went to like two million after Sleepless in Seattle. I would because, imagine so. <laughs> uh, I kind of rediscovered it. Yeah. Um, and it's a great movie. Um, not a lot I can say about it. I mean, it's so well-known. That you should just see it for the leads because they're really good. Yeah. Um, the director is uh, Leo McCarry, Theo Re- McCarry, who did The Awful Truth, which is still probably my favorite Cary Grant movie right now. Um,
2: and he also did Duck Soup, which yep. is one of the most
0: well-regarded Marx yeah. movies Yeah. So he's a, a great comic. Oh character. yeah. No, and it's and the movie's good. It's just you know it's a romantic
3: you comedy. Know what, and you
2: know what McCarry did too that I'd forgotten about this until I rewatched the Bing Crosby thing uh, a couple weeks ago was uh, he did Going My Way, which not a religious guy, but that movie's great. Yeah.
0: Um and the last movie I well actually I watched it second but it's one of my favorite Cary Grant movies which I was totally shocked on it's called Mr Lucky and in it Cary Grant plays a like a thief and he's on he owns a ship and he at the beginning he's gambling with one of his friends who's also named Joe and then they get um one of their dudes dies and they get um it's just before the United States enters the war so there's the draft and Cary Grant's character, Joe Adams, gets like drafted. So they gamble on this their dead friends not being able to be drafted mm. because, uh, I can't remember what he has, just like asthma or something like that. And Cary Grant wins. So Cary Grant gives his draft card to the guy who lost. The guy who lost goes to the, um, uh, the doctor, and he has high blood pressure, so they won't take him either. And uh, Cary Grant, in the meantime, is trying to, get a lot of money to swindle out of the, um, uh, they're like the ladies who raise money, like for the war effort. The sisters, I forget what they're called anyways. So he, he devises a plan where he's going to have like gambling there. So they're going to take all the money from the gambling and give it to this charity. Cause they need a hundred thousand dollars to send supplies on the ship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And throughout the course of the film, uh, Cary Grant's character, Joe kind of starts changing his tune because he's realizing the war effort that people are putting in. And, um, obviously starts falling in love with the uh, lady at the, at the place. And they develop this really cute, like cockney rhyming, saying something that doesn't mean what it means, even Mm -hmm. though it means what it means. Right. It's a really awesome scene. And he has this great scene where he um, talks about um, how she looks down on him because he didn't come from a wealth. It's an amazing movie. Mm -hmm. And it also has a totally badass part in it. So Cary Grant, decides at the end, he's like, no, I'm giving this. So he gets this letter from, um, the late, the dude's mom who he's identity. He took who mm-hmm. died yeah. about how his brothers died on the front line. Mm-hmm. And so the story's read to him and it affects him. He's like, you know, I can't do this. These people are fighting. I need to raise this money for the troops. Mm-hmm. So he's decides that he's actually going to, give the money that he originally was going to steal from all these people to the war effort.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For war bonds. And,
0: and yeah. But the guy who didn't get drafted is like, no, you're going to give us all that money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so him and Cary Grant have this thing and then they go in the back room and the dude pulls out a gun on Cary and, mm-hmm. um, then Cary Grant knees him in the face mm-hmm. and he gets shot and, uh, Grant grabs the money and the dude starts twitching and he fucking stomps him on the head and kills him. I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. um, and then uh the ending is really awesome because he, uh I'm gonna spoil a eighty four year old movie. Um he goes uh he goes to the ship and he's you know, he gets out of town and he's like, I'm no good for you. You're a good person mm-hmm. and it goes away and this girl, the movie opens with her going to this dock every night to see if she's there, kinda like Aquaman. Like she goes there every <laughs> night uh to see if Cary Grant comes back and the story is told by his friend and um he ends up showing up, and they hook up. It, it, it's a it's an awesome movie. How do
3: you find a way to compare Gary Grant's movies to Aquaman? Totally, uh, you found a way. I
0: did. Um, <laughs> so I would say, if you have ten extra dollars, I would give it to the Warner Archives to get Mister Lucky because it is fucking awesome.
2: So I was trying to look through the IMDb like trivia because the, the the three you mentioned, other than well, uh, fair to Remember, I have seen. Sorry. Um. So the other two I haven't. Um. Was Mister Lucky the one Jack was considered for? Uh, I didn't see it in the I, facts or anything. Maybe
0: not. I I remember. Maybe I was watching it. I'm gonna watch another one where uh-huh. he was considered for. Okay, I, wanna I know. can't remember. It's an old one.
2: I want to watch the. I want to know which one it is because, like, Mr. Lucky, like I've never seen it. So he- hearing that he stomps a guy with his foot, I'm like,
3: that's probably not Jack. No, <laughs> I, I think
0: he's supposed to play. I think it is Mr. Lucky. I think it's he's supposed to play, um, like his, like his friend in it. Oh. I could be wrong, uh, but I remember. It, Jack Benny popped up somewhere when I was reading about movies with Gary Grant the
2: only re- and they, I wouldn't deny that what you read what you read the only reason why it feels weird to me is at this point when Mr. Lucky comes out which is around 43 44 he's well one he's doing the horn blows at midnight which we all know how that turns out guys um, read your history but also, he was so enveloped in that radio show at that time and doing war tours and stuff mm-hmm. like that that he was doing very little film work. And then by maybe the time he,
0: the... maybe he did the radio adaptation, I can't remember. That, that I, I'd be, have to look. it would be more
2: likely. He did a lot of luck stuff. Like yeah. as, like I said, like you might be more correct than I am. Like, I don't know. I did you. Hey, hey. Spoiler alert. Ronald Reagan was considered to play Rick in Casablanca. <laughs> yeah. Guys, did you all know that? Because they had a roster full of guys that they wanted for anybody. Yeah, have <laughs> to, I'd
0: have to look. I, I remember reading name and I. I try to remember. I was like, I'm going to tell Zach that <laughs> you're but, just
2: like, Oh yeah. It's Jack Ben. I didn't remember. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're just like the rest of America. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's what I watched this week. Cool. Um, right on. I yeah. want to watch Mr. Lucky. Now. Yeah. I'll it let, you awesome.
0: let you borrow. Awesome. Um, let you borrow. So uh, this week we streamed triple frontier. Brad, should people see triple? Should they stream triple <laughs> frontier?
4: I mean, if you're streaming it, it's probably free. Cause you already subscribed to the service. So why not? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Triple Frontier, I actually spent most of the movie wondering what Triple Frontier meant. Me too. Because <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Me either. I guess they're, the whole story takes place in like three different areas of geography.
2: Be... One's America, one's the jungle, and one's the mountains. <laughs> yes. And
4: one's the beach. Uh, yeah, there's a beach
2: at one point, yes.
4: Yeah, I don't know. And it's hard to like, I don't know. I guess I'm like, I had to stop saying like, uh, I guess I'm just kind of over all these like macho stories where like the criminals are like, oh, it's cool because they're they're stealing or mm. uh but they're they're charismatic characters. I'm like, ah, they're still criminals. Like, <laughs> why am I supposed to be? You know, it's it's. Yeah, we'll talk about it more in the, yep. it, it It's it's average. <laughs> uh Henry actually recommended this movie to us for this week's show. And uh here is his actual review.
6: Uh, what's up, nerds? This is Henry. I thought I'd uh, give you a quick uh, call-in. Uh, I was supposed to be on this episode, but I wasn't able to just for work reasons. Uh, but I thought I'd give you my opinions on Triple Frontier, a film that I actually, unfortunately... I was the one who kind of convinced the group to watch it. Uh, it's very good. Uh, unfortunately, I can't really talk about it in depth, but uh, I thought you'd have my quick thoughts on it. I really liked it. I've been following J.C. Chandor's uh, career for a little bit. He's the director. And he's always able to get really good performances out of his actors. Uh, His other films include uh, A Most Violent Year, All Is Lost, uh, Margin Call. Uh, And so where his films, I think the story-wise, isn't always the best, or it's kind of just dense or just not easy to understand or easy to kind of get through, I think he's really able to get that performance out of the actor, and I think that's something that he really succeeds in in this film. Um, I think his work with... I I mean, obviously Oscar Isaac is great in the film, uh, I think some I think the writing isn 't amazing, but I think they all do their best job with it. And I think they all give pretty good performances. but I think the takeaway is that Ben Affleck is amazing in this film and i think uh i'm really excited that we finally got a really good performance out of him that 's not batman uh, i mean he's, i don 't think I think this is probably his best performance since Gone Girl, which was around five years ago uh and now that he 's not in the Batman franchise anymore unfortunately uh I think it gives him time to do more of these kind of indie and more ...substance-based roles... ...and maybe more directorial type stuff. Uh, Yeah, that's why I thought... ...I thought he was just really good about it. I thought the story was pretty good. I thought a lot of the shootout stuff... ...was actually really nice of it. Uh, (laughs) Charlie Hunneman's not my favorite... ...but I thought he was okay in it as well. Uh, But yeah, I think the entire... ...I think it's a great ensemble piece. uh, If you're kind of looking for that kind of like... ...Sicario-esque kind of feel... ...it's not as good as Sicario, obviously... ...but that Sicario-esque kind of feel... ...I think you can find it in this film. Uh, And it's on Netflix, so it's an easy enough watch... Uh, it's something that I think would have been cool to see in theaters, but I'm not really, I'm not a purist like Zach. Um, I'm pretty okay if the theater experience dies for the most part. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, triple frontier. That's why I thought about it. I uh, hope you guys liked it as well, and uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Bye. Thanks, Henry.
4: You know what? I just realized is this movie is kind of actually the, st- the plot of the Fellowship of the Ring. Instead of the ring, it's a, a hoard of cash.
2: Zach. Um yeah again I always have the caveat with streaming films like you're you're not investing much at all, so go ahead and watch it if you really feel like it I, I didn't i I'm a little more optimistic about it than brad like i um my letterbox I gave it three and a half stars and there's a caveat that like it has the potential to go up because it starts off really boring for me, and then halfway through it does something that I really appreciated, but I don't know if I love it so um I mean, Affleck's fine in it. Oscar Isaac, I think, is the main like the main reason to watch the film. He's great in the film, um, and it's shot pretty well. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd go check it out. Why not? It's it's not as good as Sicario, which is the way it kind of feels like it's pitching it to to me. So, um, but yeah, anyway.
0: Yeah, I, I'm in kind of your same boat. It's like I actually, I thought the opening, the beginning of it, the first two thirds were really awesome,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and where. Sicario had a purpose at the end. I almost feel like this one didn't. Yeah. Um, but I, I still I think Ben Affleck was really good in it. Um, Oscar Isaac's is really great in it. Uh, I kind of think all the dudes in it are pretty solid.
2: Oh yeah, I think that, they're they're um, fine. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it, it, and you know, Brad, Ray, it's like you know, they're they're bad dudes. I mean, I can't really get behind them too much mm-hmm. yeah. because their goal is to get lots of money. And that
4: uh, I appreciate that scene where Ben Affleck says, like, you know. This is your chance to get out. Like, make no mistake, what we're doing is criminal. Yeah, yeah they
2: they they're fully aware of what they're doing.
4: So they're not glorifying it. Yeah. Maybe. Should, we, um, should we the, the, the writer
0: is a dude who wrote Zero Dark Thirty, and I really like Well, that he movie. did
2: the story. We sh- we'll talk about that because oh. it's just the guy. He just did the story, and then I guess J C Chandar did a rewrite or something. Cool.
0: Cause... Here's the trailer. Is there a trailer for this movie? Probably. It's yeah. Netflix trailer. Bum, yeah, bum. <laughs> Boom.
3: Boom. <laughs> ben Affleck! I gotta shoot people. Boom. <laughs>
2: Uh, Only on Netflix.
6: First things first. Any man here that wants to walk away can do so knowing they're the best of us. It's got to be now.
3: There is no ground support. The injuries we sustain, we're walking out with.
6: Make no mistake about it. You guys need to own the fact that we do not have the flag on our shoulders. You cannot go back to your normal life after tonight.
3: Everything we've done for the last 17 years, with nothing to show for it. You've been shot five times for your country and you can't even afford to send your kids to college. If we had accomplished half the things that we've accomplished in any other profession, we'd be set for life. I'm your masters of war. The question is, do we finally get to use our skills for our own benefit? We're gonna get Gabriel Martinez here. He's got over seventy-five million dollars in cash. If we're not gone forever after you make your move, we are dead. We need to hunt quickly. You cannot
1: say, they will find us! It's always a little harder than you think it's gonna be. We don't need
3: matches like that! This is not what I signed up for. A lot of people are gonna come after you. So we go through.
0: So triple frontier—I have no idea what it means, but it's a
2: story. Well, first, you're in, in the United States, and then you're in the jungle, and <laughs> then they are in the mountains.
0: But then they're on the beach. That's quadruple frontier. Damn <laughs> it!
2: We need to retitle this film, guys. Go to Netflix headquarters.
0: Uh, send us an email if you know why it's called triple frontier. Anyways, um, Oscar Isaac's is like a U.S. government guy stationed in Central America, South America. No, I think he's, he's Mexican police. Is he Mexican police? I think well, yeah, so. he's. he's he was. It, oh, that it, shootout at the beginning it is makes awesome. it
2: sound like he was former contracted, like, like or like military ops um, guy. Who, there's
0: ex military dudes who find out that there's a drug lord who has lots of money in his house, and so instead of turning the money over to the DEA, Oscar Isaac is like, "No, I'm going to get all my friends. And we're going to go rob him."
2: Well, initially they just they want to they're going to scout it reconnaissance for to then bring to the DEA, right. and then they'll take twenty five percent of the take because. The way you raid things, I guess. I don't know. Um, but then they're just like, well, why 25% when we could take 100%? Uh, and then that's when it becomes more than just a, um, uh, a reconnaissance job for them. Yeah.
0: And then they go in there and have the sweet sweeping of the home and steal all the money. But then they have all this money. It creates a, lots of problems for them mm-hmm. um, because, one, they steal too much. So the helicopters having a hard time flying. Which leads to it crashing in a village, mm-hmm. um, and the, then they end up killing the villagers because
2: because they're not because they're, they're they're yelling and screaming yeah. and not doing what they ask. Like because well, actually the villagers are taking their money, so yeah. they, they feel
4: justified in shooting. And they work for the drug boss in some capacity, yeah, because yeah, they, they're they, cocaine they're, plants. Yeah, I they're I co- they're
2: they're growing cocaine or um, the beans or whatever,
0: and then they have to get across the Andes mountains to the ocean, the coastline to get, on the to get to the boat.
4: Yep.
2: Which when the so when that helicopter crashes is when I get interested in this film because the first hour of this film is things going all too smoothly. Yeah. <laughs> well, too, well
0: the thing is, is so they have to lose all this weight and they have something like two hundred and ninety five million dollars. Uh-huh. I mean I I it pays off at the end, I mean how much money do you fucking need? Yeah. I would cut a hundred million dollars so I wouldn't die. I,
2: I appreciate how as they go along in their journey, they're getting rid of money gradually until it finally ends with we can't keep any of this money let's toss it into a crevice in the mountain
0: yeah because um so ben affleck is a um going through a divorce and he's kind of he's uh, a failed realtor yeah so he's working with his daughter drops her off at school because no one
2: wants to buy a house from batman
4: (laughs) And the kind of the impetus for everything is like Oscar argument is like, you know, we've given a lot to our country mm-hmm. and like here you are, you can't land a job, you know. Like yeah. your stand What about our piece? Yeah, your yeah. Sta-
2: your standard betrayed by his government. Yeah.
1: Or um, their government.
0: And then Ben Affleck ends up dying, which was shocking. Yeah, um, and I appreciated that. But I don't appreciate
3: like, I didn't, didn't, like, appreci- didn't like, appreciate it. I didn't
0: like the shot though, because they show the guy coming up from behind him and then Af the the reaction shot of Affleck's like, oh huh? And there's this beat where he then he gets shot. I mean, if he's, like, some sweet, badass army dude, as soon as he realizes the dude's behind him, he just starts shooting. Because he didn't see it coming, but... Um, well, you just don't stand there and look at a guy. They were just in a gunfight, though. It
2: did, well, I'd, you see, it looked weird at first, and then I realized what I was, like, Real, what, the, one of the reasons I was liking this is this movie turns into the treasure of the Sierra Madre halfway <laughs> through, and I really appreciated that. Um, now, does that mean you do the shot the way you did it with Ben Affleck? No, but... Yeah, I
0: just it was shot weird. And, I mean, he might i have also I
2: actually,
4: He might have also been, like suspecting that might have been one of his own guys first. Or that maybe, maybe. he could talk him down. It sounded like he, they uh, lost no, track fuck that. of...
0: That's bad tactics. If you're being shot at and someone's coming at you, you just shoot him.
2: Well, at this point, he's and already... And why does he
0: care? He's already murdered a bunch of people in the town. I just... That was, I really enjoyed the movie, and then I kind of lost it at the end. Mm-hmm. So they have that part, and then they're trying to get away from these kids that the drug dealers have obviously paid off, and then Oscar Isaacs all of a sudden has a conscience. He's saying, I'm not going to kill anybody else. It's just weird.
4: Well, from the get-go, they were like, you know, we're only going to kill the main drug guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's what uh, I think Charlie Hunnam was like, you know, from the get-go, no civilians. Like, we yeah. weren't going to...
2: No civilians, none of the none of the family of the drug cartel leader. Like, they, they commit to only the drug leader and his bodyguards
4: uh, yeah. that are still in the Yeah, I know. House. I get it, but it's, if you're trying to get
0: away and they're shooting at you, I mean...
2: But it's weird. Well, th- that's it,
4: Well you, you can't blanket like, you know, there's they don't know who's who in that town. Like, yeah. obviously, it was easier to tell because they started chasing them. But yeah,
2: it's well, what I find interesting about it is like all the things that they do, everything. What I find interesting about the first half, because I don't really like the first half, is that, though, everything's so planned out that when it moves as efficiently as it does, it does make sense. But then what I like is like everything's laid out to where. The things that do go wrong are the things they don't plan for, and then that ends up being their downfall by the end I mean, end.
0: really, if you're smart, you each could just take a duffel bag full of money. But,
2: gre- but greed overcomes them, which is why I think this movie turns into the treasure of the Sierra Madre halfway well, through it I because... Mean, and, and
0: I do like the scene where Affleck is talking to the girlfriend of Oscar Isaacs, and he says, now this part's really important. I think he's really good at that part because yeah. he, he has this... Um, I thought he was going to kill her at that point. Yeah, part. he has no. this definite darkness to him that you know you need um
2: Um, but like because at that point actually like actually one of the my favorite shots in the film is when they're just burning money because they need to stay warm and they're just like laughing about it Mm -hmm. like like again like i hate to say it a third time but like we watch treasure of sierra madre and like this film almost tries to do it and it almost gets away with it Mm -hmm. but then it doesn't because it has it has a great amount of machismo that i didn't necessarily need i mean it's
0: one of the few netflix films that i've watched recently that i've liked
2: it's well i mean like i mean i've liked other stuff but this is the one that's the most like accessible to a mainstream audience i think um and definitely one that looks like it could have been in the theater i actually would have loved to see this in a theater for some of the like the establishing shots they do of the country that they're in because like it, it was brazil or um
1: South America,
2: South America, like it, it just looks beautiful. And J.C. Shandor, who has made some some great films, whether it's a Most Violent Year or All Is Lost, like he knows how to shoot stuff really well. Yeah. So that was well know, made. I'm, yeah, I mean, I mean, again, it's fine on Netflix. It looks fine on my TV. So um, the ending was a little whatever. So I'm sure I'll see some direct, to, direct to streaming knockoffs that are have nothing to do with the initial cast, but. Um, the the script though I wonder what Mark Boll's version would have been because Mark Boll I think he's fine for what he does with Catherine Bigelow but I don't find him to be well, the strongest producer on this too Yeah but I don't find him to be the strongest part of a Catherine Bigelow <laughs> project so I'm wondering like how much of the script J.C. Chandor had to change I don't know. Um, So, so yeah, You can stream it Yeah That's you can fine. stream it It's fine
4: At the end uh, did Charlie Hunnam give him a list of the coordinates to where they dump the Yeah Yeah Okay
2: which the actual coordinates are apparently to a uh, wildlife sanctuary in Peru. So <laughs> I
3: don't know why
4: you know that.
2: Because so, well, I read an interview with J.C. Shandor. So.
4: But yeah, also at the time I was like, I, I feel like these guys could easily just come back with the proper plane and pick yeah. it up. So yeah. stuff like that kind of irked me. Yeah, and you know,
0: yeah, because I would. You're like, F it. Let's get a right helicopter and we'll pick it up. Yep. Well, and Netflix
4: will be alive. Yep.
2: Well... Guys, Quadruple Frontier has been confirmed. <laughs> uh, then we'll get uh, the uh, crossover into the Sicario universe, and it'll be drug, drug, g- drug land. It
0: would be better if Emily Blunt was in it because she'd,
4: pe- she'd just shoot people and go, what the
2: fuck is going on? Part of the plot is Oscar Isaac getting Emily Blunt to come out of retirement to take down Benicio Del Toro. space for two I prequels, Single Frontier and Double Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> Have I mentioned I love Emily Blunt ever? Is this on? What, yeah, what are you talking yeah. about? Is this on? Wait, you you like that actress from the, the Tom Cruise movie that no one saw?
0: I know. Can you imagine that?
2: Yeah, I don't know. You're crazy. Uh, I heard she's married to some guy from The Office. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next week we're seeing us.
2: I got five on it.
0: Which is getting really great reviews.
2: And I uh, I heard they put, I haven't listened to it yet, but they put out the I Got Five, the creepy version of yeah. I Got Five on it, which I want, to, I want to wait until after I've seen the movie before I listen to it. I don't know why I'm getting it.
0: So um, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, remember, you can see us live at the Bug Theater May 6th. You can also catch us at Denver Pop Culture Con. We will be there in our own booth, 102, uh, May 31st through June 2nd. Come by, say hi.
4: We'll be um, selling an exclusive glass that's this year. Rare,
0: a really cool glass.
1: <laughs> I and lost non-exclusive my
0: t-shirts Yeah, so we'll see Yeah, We'll see how it goes But yes, you can get your exclusive pint glass Of the Real Nerds
4: There will only be 40 48 Available And I'm sure the five of us will take two of each of them <laughs> Before the con So well, even less than that
2: I'll take one and then I, I want our fans to have them. We would so. have had 50 by Pete into two of them on accident. So
4: I need an extra just because one breaks. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Because they are 100% pure glass. <laughs> yes.
0: So, um, yeah, they call find that it stuff. Say hi to us. Thanks for watching movies. Thanks for listening. We are the Real Nerds. Bye. Bye.